Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including The Legend of Korra, which we'll be getting into today. I'm Dylan Heisen, and it's a From the Spirit World reunion, as I am joined by Mel Moyer. Hello. Britt Griffin. Hello. And Sam Quattro. Hey. Today, Mel, Britt, Sam, and I have convened to discuss uh, Legend of Korra Turf Wars Part 1. Um, we are very, we are very excited to get into the first ever Legend of Korra comic or slash graphic novel. Uh, not our typical discussion fair here at Overly Animated, but it is, uh, uh, a product about an animated show and one we have previously discussed, uh, a lot here as we are former, uh, co-hosts of, uh, From the Spirit World podcast, uh, where we talked exclusively about Avatar Last Ever and Legend of Korra. If you were unaware, that's what preceded this overly animated podcast where we talk about general. It was a legendary podcast. It was legendary. It was a podcast. legendary podcast. Yeah. We were legends. Yeah. Uh, I dropped. The legend. I dropped. Like that Imagine Dragon song. Uh, no. But, uh, I, not that type. I dropped the, uh, tagline. But, uh, for no, no overly animated tagline. I guess overly is kind of a descriptor, but, um, yeah. So <laughs> I've, uh, in case you're looking for those previous podcasts, um, I have, uh, Dongu Feng is, is not there. It's not just your computer, but I have archived the, uh, all of our podcasts. We're now, I've moved them to overly animated, overlyanimated.com slash FTSW slash feed. This is new. Um, our archive feed are from the spare world. If you want to listen back to any of our old podcasts, even though why would you? But, um, no, there's some of them are some of them. Learn the history. There they yeah, Learn the history. Um, you can also, I think if you search from the spare world, you'll probably find it too on iTunes. I put it also put it up on iTunes. So yeah, you can go back, listen, all of it's archived, overlyanimated.com slash FTSW slash feed. Okay. Um, so yeah, we've, we've, uh, don't talk that much about core on this podcast, but, uh, that's because it's not super relevant that much. But now Turf Wars Part 1 is out. Um, we're going to get into spoilers. If you have not read it, uh, we're going to get in right away. But um, you can definitely order it. It's not that that much on Amazon or a comic book shop or something. Uh, I think the two things of note that differentiate this from an Avatar comic, there were a bunch of Avatar comics, are one, uh, this is written by Mike, uh, Mike DiMartino, co-creator of Avatar and Corner, uh, and Korra. Um, the Avatar comics were not written by Mike O'Brien. And then uh, two is that this is a direct continuation of the story from the end of Korra. Um, whereas, so like we're, we're continuing a lot of the plot threads, specifically Korasami and some of the themes we're getting into, whereas the Avatar comics, not, not that they're unimportant. I'm just saying this is extra notable here. Um, so yeah, for, uh, Turf Wars part one, uh, let me go through the credits written by Mike, as mentioned, art by Irene Ko, colors by Vivian Ng, letters by Nate Picos, cover by Heather Campbell and Jane Bach. Okay. Um, let's get into our initial, uh, just overall thoughts on Turf Wars part one. Did you like it? And what specifically stood out to you about it? Uh, Mel? Um, I, obviously the thing that specifically stood out to me was the Korasami. Um, and for that reason, I wasn't super into the triad thing. Um, I wasn't really a fan of that in season one when we did it. Um, now I don't really care either. Um, I think I care even less in graphic novel form because, um, it's just, it's, it's harder for me to get invested in things reading them as a graphic novel. Like I'm still like learning how to read graphic novels. Um, so with that entire like triad plot, like I was very checked out out of most of it. Um, but I mean, overall, obviously I enjoyed reading it because it's Korra and, you know, an extension of Korasami and there was great, um, background and, um, addressing of social issues in Korra that kind of mirror our own world. Um, so overall, I'm happy with it. I just not a huge 
it didn't need to be like a huge uh, blockbuster story for me to like it though. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> reasonably satisfied. Nice, uh, yeah. Britt. What are your overall thoughts on Terror Force Part One? It's pretty gay. It's pretty gay. I yeah. liked it. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty gay. I liked it. I actually liked the triads. I don't Ooh. care. I'm a sucker for crime villain stories. Hmm. Um, hopefully it'll go somewhere and not be stupid. I'm not sure how I liked the pedest- the how the possessing of the demon of that kid thing. <laughs> the, 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 I was kind of like, what? I mean, okay. I mean, I'm pretty much up for anything. <laughs> I like this comic much more than the other comics. It was really cute. The art was really pretty. I want to go on a vacation to the spirit world and have magic powers. I don't know. Yeah. But Mike did a very good job of writing this. Some of the other avatar comics have been kind of. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But yeah, you, okay, mm-hmm. nice. they're not like terrible, but they're not like, I wouldn't sit down and spend a lot of time reading them, but I actually reread this one. So nice. Yeah. Mark said it's, it's like an a minus and the other ones like got like a C plus. So that's significant improvement. Nice. Yeah. I, I, very much agree with those letter grades. So good. Nice job on that. Um, it's yeah. So very gay says Brett. Sam, do you concur? Uh, well, duh, it's gay. <laughs> I mean, isn't that why we're all here? Um, <laughs> yes. I did mention at one point today. <laughs> to me, uh, I, th- that's really the only point to the whole comic. Just, just figuring out like Horasami and of course, Mel mentioned the social issues that they touch on. The whole, like, triad and spirit thing is just, it feels like, you know, just extra stuff that they just, you know, had to put in because, you know, you know, you have to continue the story. You can't just have fluff for fluff's sake, right? So, to me, I didn't really like it that much. <laughs> I mean, yeah, of course, it's nice to have canon, Korosami and all that and get to learn about, uh... LGBT issues in the Avatar world, but I feel like I get more out of fan and stuff. Are you, so, are you saying you'd be rather be reading fan fiction? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, I know. Not surprised. Sam's assessment there. Aren't, aren't, we just... aren't auxiliary products all just fan fiction after? Uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, the Star Wars novels, for example, I mean, that was basically canon fan fiction for a long time so mel as a writer what's your take on that <laughs> uh i i've said many times that i think fanfic is a good sandbox for young writers and people because you have established worlds um that you basically can play around with without having to worry about um character building world building yada yada like you yeah but is, is have- this a fanfic that's what i'm asking is this a fanfic? Yes, of course it is. I mean, <laughs> is that a? Do you think Mike is not a fan of his own creation? What? Yeah, that's that whole debate about um, like Brian's posted fan art before, and he's got like art, and he's called it fan art, and then fans like this isn't fan art. You made it, and he's like, oh, I guess so. I don't know. So that's a whole thing. But um, I'm all in favor of. Maybe he just wants to make fan art. Yeah, like he's a fan too. It's not like, this isn't fanfic because it's canon material. But um, like Brian, like Brian just posting something on his Tumblr that he drew is. I think that counts as fan art, even though he's a creator. Anyway. Um, um, yeah, I think these are all reasonable takes. I really enjoyed Turf Wars Part 1. There's 
elements of it that we've some of a lot we've mentioned that I don't care about and were a little bit tough to get through reading and were even more hard to reread. But um, like the main thing is that uh, this is like everything and more that I was hoping from for Korosami post Korra. And I think it's just remarkable that I'm sitting here saying that I, I just, not that my expectations or judgment even matters, but like just the fact that they put out a product that so many Korosami fans are satisfied with that like meets so much of uh, these representation goals. Um, I mean, just from a Korosami level, just the two of them, I mean, we lo- we had this incredible ending and we're like, okay, this is like the great beginnings of a relationship and we'd love to see this explored in more detail. And we see it um, like explicit, uh, like displays of affection. We have two kisses. We have them being intimate a lot. Um, we see like when they learn about their feelings for each other, that was like something I didn't think I'd ever see. And it is a huge, even that, that scene, we'll talk about that scene. Um we we see them exploring what it means for them to be like not straight and um like how that affects their lives and um just conflict that comes with it uh we see them like grow through conflict in the story but it's not overdone so all of that i just love so much as a Korosami fan and then just seeing the portrayal of um of of queer people in the avatar world i think is something i was so satisfied with too i never in a million years thought we'd get like a, a history of the different cultures of how um of how different cultures view non-straight people like i think that that's incredible that we got that that kaya scene is absurdly good um i just i was i was blown away with this relative to my kind of low expectations, I guess in, in a vacuum where like, we're not expecting where we're not, not expecting that much from, um, you know, like gay representation and things, then maybe this is like pedestrian. Um, but just given the context of our world, like this, this to me went above and beyond, especially for like a children's medium. Like I was just, I'm, bl- I'm blown away that kids will be reading this. I think it's incredible representation. I don't, the kids. the kids. Yeah. I don't even like, it's, I don't even care about anything else about the comic. Like it's, it's totally unimportant to me. I mean, we'll talk about it, but, um, just like, that's the big thing for me is like, I have like in my hand, like the canon Korosami and it was done so well. Um, you know, and that's the thing I don't get into first, but what do you, what do you think of my, of my read on that Mel? Do you think, do you think it's, it's valid to say we can just ignore everything else because, because gay? Oh, I you mean, so. ignore the, the potential flaws of the, of oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, in the sense that like, I want to, this isn't something I'm going to be critiquing for its, its merits um, and award-winning writing the way I was the show. Like this is something that was made, you know, you have to consider the context too. And that's why I say, of course it's fanfic because it was made for fans. Like this isn't something built. I mean, I'm, it's not something built to say like, Oh, here's more content of Korra. Um, you know, bringing in new fans, advertising, yada, yada. Like, this is for people who, you know, it's like a gift, right, to to the people who watch the show. It's like, all right, here's some more story. Like, I, so in that regard, like, I think it's perfectly valid to ignore any sort of flaws or objective, like, inadequacies in the writing if, you know, and I'm not saying, oh, they, that makes fan service okay, because that's not what it is. It's just there are certain elements that you want to emphasize when you're doing um, fan work like this for fans. So I think focusing on those elements and giving them more um, uh, structure than, than other parts, like the Kurosami stuff being stronger than the Turf Wars stuff, is okay. 
this this just this just like means so much to me personally. Like I think that, and I think that's true of a lot of people. Like I think that's why it stands out so much. So I think maybe there's people who are like exasperated that we're going to spend the first half hour here talking about just Gorsami, but um, it's just like so meaningful. Like uh, Britt, do you? It was like the first like ten ish pages. It was a very important part of the story. Yeah, it's they have like solo Spirit World adventures like fifteen pages, and then it's continued throughout the narrative. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you, yeah. What is, do you agree, Britt, that it's like me, a lot, meaningful and like what stands out to you? Like I listed a lot of elements of, of course, Ami in the comments. I liked it. They basically went out you got to see them have a fulfilling emotional relationship and like be like, Hey, we're dating to all their friends. And like that transition from like one dynamic to another. Yeah. And then like being supported. And I liked how they started off with Cora's parents, just because we don't see a lot of Cora's relationship with her parents, because Clara's not as close as her parents. They're, like, supportive of her, but they're, she's not close with them, because she's always sort of been, like, an arm's length. She wasn't raised for a long time in their house, and yeah. now she lives in another city. It's kind of like when you bring your first girlfriend from the city back home yeah. when you go to college. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, we got mul- a multi-tiered, like, coming out story of the two of them. Th- that's so mm-hmm. that's so crazy to me. Like, <laughs> I, I could have never predicted that we'd get, like, Kornasami, like, coming out to their parents, dealing with the ramifications of when to come out to other people, and then having it, and then at the end with uh, them coming out to all their friends. Um, and that's, like, not even, the like, the top three, like, uh, like standout things. But that's just such a uh, – there's so much, so much here. Sam – Kind of like, kind of same question. What stands out to you most from from all this Korosami stuff? Um, I think that definitely the coming out stuff does stand out to me. Um, a lot of what Bert said was like really a uh, resonating. Yeah. Uh, I guess of course Kaya's scene, but that's that's like Korosami adjacent. You know, it's it's parallel, but not a uh, totally involved. Um. I don't know. I guess just seeing them and seeing them interact in a way that is more than just a meaningful handhold at the end of the series is something that means a lot. And it means a lot to have that explicitness in their language and in their actions. Yeah. And, and that's another thing. It's the, everything here is just so explicit, like ex, like explicitly presented to us, like clear kisses clear like uh feelings presented clear language and that's something i'll talk about later like uh when getting into um just uh queer issues here like clear language used um that's that's another thing i'm super impressed with um so yeah mel what what do you think of that 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 characterization of it as just like so explicitly presented like were you expecting that and also anything that stood out to you korasami wise um, no, I wasn't expecting them to meet, like, use words like orientation and that sort of thing and kind of just explicitly go into, like, the idea of homophobia and using language that is either, like, identical to what we use or close enough that you can get it immediately. Um, and, uh, you know, it's interesting because it's like, on the one hand, I was like, well, why, you know, like, would they use the same language? But then I was like, it's a fantasy world and they have the same word for water. Why would they have the same word for this? So I enjoyed it and I think it grounds it in, you know, kind of being a parallel and being a story that um, the kids can read about coming out and a world that is pretty, you know, a very good mirror of their own in terms of like where the social status was. So 
Um, I like those sort of direct vocabulary links and that sort of thing. Yeah, let's talk about this topic. We can table the specific Korizami scenes. I'll go through all of them in a second. Um, but I, I love this topic of uh, it's just and not uh, not that personally meaningful for me. Like uh, is is meaningful of itself. I'm trying to convey my passion here. Like um, it's so it, it it affects me so much that there will be kids reading. Uh, about Koran Asami going through their struggles about being gay in this world and being able to personally relate to that. That's something I think we see in almost no other children's media um, these days or almost media in general, but especially kids' media. And just to see Koran Asami like, go through seeing homophobia and views of that in their world, I think is something gay kids reading that, like, it's going to be really meaningful. Like, I can, I can imagine how, how meaningful that would be. And it's, uh, it, it's, it just, it's just so crazy to me. Like, we saw this, um, recently in, in a heartbeat, the short film that came out. Sam wrote a great article about this at our overly animated blog section. And she talked about how, um, it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's one thing to show, uh, like an ideal world where like uh, two people of the same sex can like be in a relationship. Everyone's fine with it. And then it's another thing to show real struggles that you can personally relate to. And these are two different kind of approaches to it. And Sam, you in, in a heartbeat uh, liked the showing the struggles approach. Um, I assume you also yeah. liked it here as well. I did. I think that realism is, you know, obviously what makes it more relatable. Um, you know, since our world, you know, obviously isn't, an ideal world to live in and seeing reflections of ourselves in the media that we consume is uh, omni important, you know, cause it gives us validation for who we are and it shows us that things can be okay. Even throughout all of the, you know, messed up stuff that might happen, you know, there's still hope to be had that, you know, at least somebody out there in the world has felt the same way that you felt. And they've put it on paper, right? It, it, it like it validates our struggles, right? Like I think that's the key yeah. thing. Like just seeing media, like seeing people go through the struggles that you, the same type of struggles that you go through yourself. It's just it's so validating. Um, it's not to say that this is like the correct approach. I know in an interview I saw with Irene Ko, um, the artist of this, who I think does an incredible job, by the way, um, in 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 this book. Uh, I she was she talked about how initially when she saw Mike's script that um, she was disappointed that it wouldn't just be like really happy for Kornasami throughout. She was just like, I, you know, like I wanted to have these spirit world adventures. This was, um, I, that, that's might've been what she was expecting, but potentially the more she thought about it, that, um, it's, it's maybe also, this is also like a good, a good way to approach it because it's, um, it, it's like a reflection of our world and it, um, can, can like this, do this str- struggle validating thing that I'm talking about. And it's, it's, it's not clear cut that the avatar world has to have homophobia in it. That's not something we saw experience. Ex- we saw portrayed in avatar or Korra. It's something that, um, I was going through our old podcast and we had like a podcast discussion. This is like one of the biggest flaws with the mythology of the avatar world is that there's just like no gay people in it and like not only do we see uh do we see Korin Asami uh main characters who are queer we see um we also learn Kaya and uh and uh, Kiyoshi are queer as well uh, we could see multiple other types of characters and um we also learn the viewpoints of people in the avatar world so this isn't something like that was like a cr- it's a crazy course correction and it's like brilliant um that's one of the great things about this but um it's not it's not clear cut it wasn't something that was established before that um brit what's your take on this uh dichotomy between or not this dichotomy this like choice to make between presenting a fantasy world which doesn't have to be one way or the other as like mirroring our own cultural views or presenting more of an ideal ideal world where people wouldn't have to go through those struggles 
it kind of depends. Do you want to like talk about them or do you want it to be sort of an aside as part of the background in your world building? Because it would make sense for people like they have so many of the same, same cultural structures that we have. It would make sense for them to also have this. So, but I also think it has to do with what Mike wants to say and what Mike wants to show with Korasami to like the people he knows that are in his fan base that read this and the things that are important to them and would be important for them to see with, you know, Korasami. This, I think ultimately he's writing this for them. I, I think that's a good, like yeah. you don't make, you don't make, you don't make, you know, art in a vacuum, especially not a comic like this. He knows the, the people who watch this or read this, what's important to them. And I think he's writing it so the one they can experience, like, the happy elation. Like, they went on a freaking girls' trip, <laughs> get away to, <laughs> yes. What kind of woman takes another to... woman to Paris? <laughs> <laughs> Darn it, Mel. Um, they went on a freaking girls' trip to the spirit world and were super cute, right? But then they come back to the real world and they have, like, struggles. So, you know, it gets you, you kind of get, like, both. And I think he's trying to give both, you know, a realism story and, like, still, like, happy fun times to the reader. Yeah, I, I think there's a few great... That makes sense. Yeah, I think there's a few great points there. Like, I, I think you're right that it's both. Like, we have a solid, like, 15 pages of them just being happy, and most of the book is them being happy, so, like, that gets fulfilled, too. I also love your point about how Mike is... It's just ultimately the decision of Mike and the writer, and he's potentially viewing, like, what, like, people reading this might mean to them. So, it's I think it's definitely possible, Mike, and I assume Brian also consulted on this. This is, like, a big uh, mythology-like uh, decision to portray homophobia, um, and Brian did uh, play a consulting role here, which um, like that, like our, it might be meaningful to our, our the people reading this and the fans of the show to portray it this way. Um, Mel, like maybe you can comment on this as a as a writer, mm-hmm. but um, do you think that that type of thing was potentially going through Mike's head as he's writing this? The the idea of mirroring versus um... yeah, like that that choice and how maybe he chose the mirroring our cultural attitudes because it would be meaningful, more meaningful to readers. Um, it's interesting because there are debates about, you know, like, which is more meaningful, like seeing the coming out story or seeing it just as is, um, right? So it's like, and I, I've, I've mentioned this before, I think, back, way back in the day when we were talking about, um, sexism in, you know, existing in the Avatar world and existing in fantasy worlds where they have these women who, like, overcome, um, you know, barriers in the society, gender barriers to like be these great characters. But it's like, why do these fantasy worlds have to have inherent gender roles? Like, why is it always that these things have to mirror our world? Like, why isn't there just, you know, it's suggesting that there is something inherently structured in, in um, the way these things are, right? Like, obviously, that's not true. It's just we're mirroring our own society. But specifically with, um, like gender roles and and issues of gender equality, and then here with um, issues of homophobia and and sexual orientation, it's you know the one argument is well, why does this fantasy world have to mirror our own? Why can't there be a fantasy world where it's just sort of accepted and it exists and there never was a problem? Uh, but on the other hand, people like to see their favorite characters and their favorite stories um, reflecting their own struggles, and I think both sides of it are valid. I think it comes down to what your own personal 
story is and what your own personal struggles are and how you personally would I just said personally a lot um want like to Kylie res- Jenner in real life oh my god <laughs> right um have like a sort of oh my god continue about it like you you have to you know you pick your way that you deal with it and and you sort of um not necessarily cope with it but kind of analyze it and have that catharsis and you know all of them are valid like i see all of them about as valid so this version of this you know this being the avatar world where there is homophobia and there are laws against it in some places and and there is prejudice is valid because it reflects story a story that a group of people want to see so to me that's valid valid tm yeah yeah with a hashtag valid no, anyway, I don't know what you'll. I don't know what you'll find on that hashtag, but um, it's uh, I don't know, who knows on any, but uh, it's yeah, I, I completely agree with Mel. I think there's both valid approaches. Um, I think they both might be meaningful, and I'm I, when I say that, I think that this uh, realistic portrayal approach is is really meaningful. Here. I don't mean to diminish the other viewpoint. Like I also think like escapism and um, just seeing an idealized world is also very valid, and um, I certainly like escapism from from current events like i it's easier to mentally process for me but um it's it's i I think that that nobody wants to focus on trump north korea and (laughs) lbgt rights all the time sometimes we just want cute lesbians on a vacation yeah that's that's (laughs) yeah brit's Brit's review of turf wars escapism from trump nonsense okay um yeah it's uh yeah it's 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 uh dylan's the only one who laughed it was good um i i like being sad yeah. So there's that's the other side. No, but um yeah, it's uh I don't even what was I even talking about? Like uh this is also it's also how both how both escapism and realistic They're both they're both they both whatever. can be differently meaningful to people and I find both personally meaningful. I think that like this in particular approach was just strikingly meaningful here because it was like an unexpected and um underutilized choice. Um, it's not something that you'll find in other places. You'll find a lot of fantasy stories with um, idealized worlds, and that's like the only thing you'll find in children's media. So I think that it's like particularly meaningful in this case. Um, I also not br- briefly. I'll try to be brief on this. I think this is the more realistic choice for the Avatar world. Um, I think that there's a few points to be made here. Like, okay, why is homophobia existing in the Avatar world? Realistic, we've never seen it before. Okay, so one, we've seen other forms of discrimination exist a lot in the Avatar world. So there's no reason that other forms of non uh non quote unquote socially accepted uh types of people would be um or non like majority people would would not also be there i mean they did also get out of a hundred year war so maybe they were kind of like focused on like not dying than hating gay people right now yeah uh, that's interesting so we also no. learned that sozin inst- instigated <laughs> the uh the uh the, the, <laughs> of which there are theories about uh, yeah we'll talk about that in a second but um it's yeah okay we'll get that in a second uh spoilers yeah um so how is that spoilers <laughs> spoilers for the next comic obviously <laughs> duh. um it's it's i think that we've seen sexism against uh katara that's a whole plot point in book one of avatar and just Sokka being sexist in early episodes like that's a whole thing in the show um we see like non-bender discrimination um that's all thing in book one of Korra. um we see just these all these we see a lot of different types of discrimination i mean there's just a whole like the whole like basic premise of the show is the fire nation um committing genocide on the airbenders so that's also there Yay, racism. right you know like these are <laughs> these aren't super explicit themes but um i mean that's explicit but it's not like said in racist in like using that explicit language but it, these are major parts of the series so one that two 
um then just the the concept of uh the fact that clearly straight being straight is sada is is seen as like the the quote-unquote default in the avatar world just the fact that we didn't see gay people in in any of these series um it like just it's it's like oh whatever they treat everyone equally well then why aren't we seeing like more gay people like that you know it just just the fact of how it was approached justifies there being like it's the only thing that makes sense to me um i don't know if people agree with that but uh that's kind of a high level point so uh it's always really remarkable to me how in the media how violence is always seen as more uh i guess more marketable and more uh, acceptable than sexuality issues and issues of sex, especially in children's media. But you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean that's a whole other thing. Is like why? Yeah, like why? It's a whole can of worms. Yeah, like uh, just just the the fact that the, this this type of thing is seen as inappropriate for kids, or even just like sex in general is seen as less appropriate than not the. Yeah, but you you can kill all the airbenders. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. That, yeah, I agree. That was strikingly that was like striking given our conversation. So that's a good point. Um, but yeah, I just I just it didn't die on screen. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anyways, continue. Yeah, they, continue. They not, yeah. Um, I so to me it makes more sense. Um, that that this is how it would be homophobia in the outdoor. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, anyone have comments? I agree. There? You agree, Mel? Uh, I agree. no, I agree. Okay. Cool. I agree. Okay. Um, sure. Yeah. So I think that that's like really interesting, just kind of uh, the this idealized versus um, showing the struggle. And um, just, I, I think it'll be you know, meaningful to a lot of people. Okay. I think that's a great discussion. But let's get back to Korosami in general. Um, or we can, since we're here, let's talk about the different v- nations' viewpoints. I think that's more on topic. So let's go to this uh, Kaya scene because uh, definitely one of the most notable scenes of the comic. Um, as I'm so revealing, so revealing. As I'm trying to flip to it here, as I've got this here, um, we're on page like fifty-five ish. Um, so we we see Kaya mentioning the different uh, attitudes of the different nations. We learn that the airbenders were always accepting uh were accepting of differences and embraced everyone no matter their orientation um they were extra gay <laughs> does that be yeah yep. i mean we see, we, we, yeah, we do yeah, see yeah. two male airbenders sitting together they were all gay <laughs> two male airbenders sitting together oh my goodness. very very close together all of the airbenders were gay they were sitting next they, to each other they must be very good friends yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah, boy, boy pals. Yeah, exactly. Um, is there a term for that? <laughs> I remember that post. Is that a post? I didn't even know. I I made that post. Um, oh no, it wasn't that one. It was look what the homosexuals have done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was. <laughs> that's not that related. I told you to post that. That was for the. Uh, you did. Yeah, that's why. Rest the development pilot of uh, Lucille Bluth. Yeah. Credit for. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, insert popping bottles memes. I don't know how it's relevant, but uh, to this discussion, but we got to get in popping bottles. Um, so we learned that uh, okay. the firebenders, uh, for the most of its history, the Fire Nation was tolerant too. But then Fire Lord Sozin took power. He dec- he decreed that same sex relationships were criminal. Because um, he was gay. Elaborate, Britt. Well, sometimes, at least in literature, when you're gay, but you don't want to admit it. You get really angry about it, and you try extra hard to pretend that you're not the gay. And then you make, you villainize other people who are gay to make you look extra not the gay. To prove that you're not the gay. Brit defining internalized homophobia. Yeah, okay. Um, (laughs) So, what, the summary is the episode, the Avatar and the Fire Lord, we see uh, Sozin and Roku, and uh, they have... He just wanted to bang Roku, but Roku did not want to bang him. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's the summary of the Avatar. Zuko could have had a very different family tree. <laughs> he had to put his misplaced aggression on something else. Yeah, and yeah, that thanks. is why so this whole your internalized homophobia has manifested into this huge war and the genocide of a bunch of people. Basically, he had to prove his manliness. His mouth. <laughs> Up. Do you think that's a part of the reason why he killed the airbenders? Yeah, because they were extra yeah. gay. I mean, well, that oh and he knew the Avatar was going to be born. Oh, yeah, that too. But and like... Rogu left him to go <laughs> train <laughs> with the Avatars <laughs> and hang out with Gyatso, except he was like 12. Never mind, that wouldn't work out. I, be it, creepy. I don't even know. Unless he was gay with a different airbender who is not Brit's Gyatso. writing fanfic like right 12. now. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's not fair to pick his canon. <laughs> I th- yeah, uh, so just this whole point of the Fire Lord, uh, the Avatar and the Fire Lord being um, that episode, being this uh, Dumb- Dumbledore, Grindelwald uh, type narrative with them. Yeah, so there's a, yeah, basically everyone thinks that, and not everyone, but, but uh, yeah, they totally could just be, inter- I don't know if that's intended, I think probably, I mean, you I think it was intended. Mike's like, I have this all planned out, guys. Seems deep for Mike. I don't know. Wow. But, you know, maybe. It's possible. I think it's think really Mike interesting. Doesn't have- yeah, go ahead, Sam. That, um, I think it's interesting that in most forms of media, uh, same-sex relationships are usually, you know, cis-female, cis-female, and never cis-male, cis-male. I mean, of course, you know, there are exceptions, but, you know, even in Korosami here, like, we're seeing two women together. And not two guys. And I wonder how that would be different if it was like Bolin or someone. I, I would say someone. in certain, this is a larger debate. I'd say in certain types of media, that's definitely true. In, certain yeah, types. I was going to say that's in, definitely in, chi- in, in children's <laughs> media and animation. That's definitely true. Um, in like certain like younger theme show. But if you look at like broadcast television, you'll definitely see more, uh, gay males. Um, but that's a whole, it's it, relevant to core. I would agree. That's another thing. Yeah, it's it's another thing, and um, it's we definitely don't in this book learn of any gay males. Mike and Brian at cons have said that Iway is gay. Um, th- Which one is Iway? <laughs> Thoughts? Okay, let's <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> he was um the guy in the stakeout. <laughs> the one with oh, the oh, okay, that that really narrows it down. The one with the nose. So ring. little respect for Iway here. Oh my goodness, he dies. Yeah, he dies. So. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so we know that, but it wasn't said in the comic. And um, so, yeah, it would be interesting to learn of more g- things that Brittany doesn't remember. Yeah, I weigh, apparently uh, more gay males in the Avatar world. They, yeah, it, it's notable that it's not approached that much uh, here. Um, it, it, in terms of the I, I appreciate the this characterization of homophobia in the Fire Nation um, because like it's instigated by one person. It proves it's like it shows something that reflects our cultures that a lot of people just don't understand. They don't believe that uh, there hasn't always been like straight defaulting and uh, <laughs> Uh, and uh there hasn't always been straight defaulting and um and homophobia like it's it's sometimes more of a recent cultural trend we see this with a lot of uh, uh of cultures and um it's it's like it's instigated by a person who shifts cultural attitudes it's not like culturally pervasive throughout human history so i appreciate it on that that on that level um, we have the Earth Nation who says, um, after all, the Earth Kingdom has been the slowest to accept change and the most militaristically impressive, uh, repressive, um, Lame. Yeah, unable to affect Lame. any kind of real progress. So they're the most, uh, homophobic, I guess. But Kiyoshi was half the game. Yeah, Kiyoshi was bi, so that's cool. Um, we, uh, Bye, girls. Oh. Yeah, and, uh. The Water Tribe is like, you know, keep your business to yourself. 
and yeah, and Pretty the Water much. Tribe says, uh, <laughs> don't ask, that's don't the Water know. Tribe tradition for yep. you. People like to keep family matters private. No one's going to disown you for coming up. The culture would prefer to keep yourself. I think this is a great range of spect- uh, spectrum of, um, of beliefs, uh, of like homophobia and different like views of acceptance presented here. Repeal, don't ask, don't tell. Yeah, so do, we did. Is, uh, well, I know we did. <laughs> does does Tonrak need to repeal "Don't Ask, Don't Tell" in the Water Tribe? Yeah. Yep. Are we are we campaigning for that now? What about the other one, Unalak? Unalak, I think he's dead. Um, <laughs> let's talk to Batu. Let's see. Let's get Batu's opinion. Batu's opinion on Yeah, let's do that. Can we ask Batu about that? I would actually really love to do that. Or the twins? Yeah, yeah, Desna. yeah. Desna and Eska are ruling in the north, so. What are the uh, spirit world's opinions on this? <laughs> yeah, what's uh, Spirit One, the spirit we see here? He's apparently King Spirit. So what's his uh, what's his attitudes on this? I, agree. I don't even think they have a concept of gender, yeah. to be honest. Are all spirits default yeah. gay because they're all, yeah, spirits? Yeah. I think yes. but what... Orientation and I gender mean, identity are not one and the yeah. same. I mean, some of them may not have, like human-esque gender identities so can they even be called gay yeah it's like the uh can you be can you be a spirit with absolutely no (laughs) no uh gender coding or anything and they don't have x chromosomes yeah non-binary spirits 2k Yeah, i think all spirits are canon non-binary i agree um non-binary relationship spirits yeah Yeah. Yeah. um what about the frogs what about the frogs? <laughs> the Makora frogs? Oh my god, okay. Um. <laughs> hey, oh my god, I forgot about that. <laughs> they were like a super big piece of evidence for people. Dude, yeah, we, oh my god. Th- that was canon, remember? Popping bottles? Yeah, okay. Um, so. <laughs> That's my okay, uh, so I, I, lo- I, I love that uh, the scene with with Kaya and just um, learning about Kaya and how she uh, she's like I remember the first video I had with my first girlfriend. I'd never been so happy. Who was it? It was Lynn. Uh, They're dating. <laughs> I think. So uh, I'd say Lynn doesn't fit the. F- how awkward would that be? You date <laughs> you date Tenzin and then you date Kaya. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. Oof. Oh, next she's gonna have to bait Boomy. Ooh, yeah. no. she's gonna have oh, to go God. through all three kids. Yeah, sorry, tens. She's gonna be like Black China. Oh my God. Sorry, tens. Oh my Kardashian God. reference. Stop with. Okay, oh no, one get your Kardashian. What's with these? Okay, <laughs> I don't understand these references. Um, so, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like Lynn's like. I like referencing the Kardashians because it confuses. Yeah, so that's the good. That's Anyways. a good way to confuse me. Okay, so it, I think it's uh yeah, Lynn's like um sorry, tens, and I'm breaking up with you today, uh, your sister. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, yeah, I don't think Lynn fits the moniker of the first girlfriend. I'll Although um, there's this great uh, fan art going around of um, of Lynn and Kaya, yeah, I think everyone's shipping that right um, now. Dylan, they're life partners. You don't understand. Partners. They could. I'm not saying they're not life partners, Sam. I I hate the word partners. So yeah, why did you say that? It's out of character. I don't know. I was trying to be funny. People it was like, funny, but okay. Because a lot of the time when straight people like talk about gay stuff, they're like, oh, is that your life partner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, Okay, I'm okay with no. partner. I don't like life partner. Yeah. Like, that's just stupid. Yeah, that's just, that's, that's don't that. Say that. Don't say that to anyone. Yeah. Your okay. life partner. Okay. More on... Uh... <laughs> opinions on so not your partner in life it's don't say that anyway um let's go through the korosami moments from the comment uh, the comic and comment on them there's another relation to like just uh how how uh lgbt is issues are approached in the comic they like talk about but it ties into korosami so just the whole beginning of them going on vacation together obviously right like um 
cute taboo. Yeah, Def. We have go to we've, on page thirteen. We have the first kiss. Um, glorious, right? Um, it's pretty great. Yeah, pretty real. It's it's, it's pretty great. I don't like Cora's face right before it, but um, yeah, <laughs> Cora's uh, just staring lovingly. Stan doesn't like the staring lovingly. No, um, no, I don't. I don't start lovingly at anything. Not even pizza. No. Oh, Pete. Pete's pretty good though. Okay, so on the next page we have uh, 14. We have like when they learn feelings for each other. This is something that was on my Korosami bucket list. Um, like things to, to before. Your bucket list or your vision board? My vision board? Is this like. Oh my God. Bert says weird is this things like, sometimes. I, I know what a vision board is. How do you not know what a vision board is? I, I think of Pinterest when I heard that. So I don't know if this is Pinterest <laughs> yeah, exactly. related. Yeah, exactly. Is that what it is? is? It? Dylan lives in 2011. I, swear. I do, but yeah, it's a. Uh, that's when. Gosh, it's your vision board. That's when Cora was like... on. Jeez, that's where I live. But um, this is something I definitely wanted to see from from Korosami, and we learned that um, Asami says that uh, she developed feelings for Koro during the three years they are gone. I think that's when I realized how much uh, you meant to me. I almost told you in one of my letters. Um, and then Cora says that she developed feelings uh, after I was poisoned. You were there for me when I couldn't even be there for myself. Um, you know what? Oh. Yeah, shouldn't confess oh. to somebody via letter. Don't do that. that Which is like why she stopped. She was basically good. doing the her world version of texting. Exactly. And then it would have been a whole like red at eleven twenty p.m. <laughs> and then there's just no response. <laughs> yeah, because I I know how that rabbit hole goes. Just don't do it. Kids. I mean, don't do it. Anyway, so let's talk about when these develop feelings. We had a lot of. This is always a big ship shipping. Yeah, probably don't. It's always a big shipping topic, and we have uh, we had thoughts on this. So um, we learned that I think we learned that Cora develops feelings after she was poisoned. Um, It's like somewhere in this, the absence, uh, the you know, and the post book three finale pre Cora alone. I, I think this checks out to me. Um, I'm fine with that one. Mm-hmm. Sounds okay, fine. Yeah, I, the the Sami one. I, Sami developed feelings in that same three year period. I always read book three as burgeoning feelings for for with Asami towards Korra. Like I would like mm-hmm. their friendship developed. I got the impression Asami started crushing on Korra during book three, so I wasn't crazy with that characterization. I... Well, maybe she needed those three years to just sit back and like think. Yeah, about I think it. she might not have like. Yeah, maybe it was one of those things where you don't realize. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It. She's like, oh, I love. She's like my best friend. And it's like, oh, that's what this means in my head. Yeah, I buy that. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd love. I would love more depth into that. It's like I. Like felt so much towards you. You want her to write you like an essay? Uh, yeah, that's the that no. <laughs> I want to see what back. her letter was going <laughs> to. Yeah, let's get the. Letter. I want to see that letter too before she like burns it or like eats it or. Yeah, it's no. It's a good. That's a good point though. From however you get rid of letters, I don't know. <laughs> and then she goes back and just <laughs> writes about. It, Can I pause it shredding? Is that what Mel said? Like, don't you? Aren't you anyone? Um, not that we have shredders here, but uh, she goes back and she writes about like how she had a crush on like her best friend and like to fifth grade and she didn't know but now she's like oh that's what that was and now cora i have the same feelings for yeah, you I love, I love that i think that'd be great um brit brings fanfic, brit, brit, right there. yeah let's write the fanfic collective fanfic now um i i think i think brit is a good point in that um we're limited by how that's many words we can say basically in the comic format like my, there's only yeah. there's only so much a speech bubble can do here so we can't really get too much in the depth um i think that's like one of the biggest limitations of of this format in getting into like longer form narratives like this but um i think mike does a great job in the limitations she can't really go on like yeah. a 
soliloquy Hamlet style. I would be up for like just one I of would. the pages being How the letter. How else are though. you supposed to confess your love? <laughs> yeah, just like a full page, just like Verse. Cora. When I first saw you, that one day when I don't remember what episode it was, <laughs> you looked really. Tough. Is that what she's saying? Yeah. yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then three years later, I fell in love with you. Yeah, that'd be good. To be or to not to be, that is the question. The slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. Okay, that'll be in, that'll be in part two. Um, Cora, you want to go out. Yeah, okay. that's the conclusion to that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like that. You um, want to go on a date? Yeah. That's a check. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Do you like me? Yes or no? Okay, there you go. Um, <laughs> check. Yes. <laughs> no. Do you like me? Yes or yes. Yes or yes. Yeah. So that would be the Cora. That would be the fifth grade Cora way. I, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Do you yeah. remember? That's from Gravity Falls, right? You guys remember that? Is, that? Yeah, I mean, that's a general thing. I but yeah, that was in Gravity Falls. Has anybody ever done that? Like ever in the yeah. past? Um, that's a, like it's a yes. kids trope. Yeah, it's like. What, love but it didn't work anyway. out. Oh. But we were also in second grade, Aww. so let's oh, dive into I'm that. Now. It's um, so <laughs> even in like real life now, people. Yeah, Mel, haven't you ever messaged messaged somebody? Do you like me? Check yes or no. I'm like absolutely not. I've never talked to anyone about anything ever. Just in yeah, general. That's true. Okay, Annie, let's go. Let's go. To, <laughs> yep, let's go to page nineteen. Mel is just a figment of our imagination, isn't you know? Mm, yeah. That's the twist ending yep. of this podcast. I'm writing that down in my <laughs> journal. Mel is just. Is this, this on your, your journal about me often? Is, <laughs> I hope. So. Is this? Is, I was gonna say, is this like no. your vision board that you're writing this on? Is that what that is? What no, is I have like an actual vision board and Can, I still don't get it. It has all my hopes and dreams on it. What is it? Okay, Dylan, just Google it. How do you yeah, just Google what a vision, vision board is. Board. You can't put it into vision words. What it is. Is it, is it like when like someone's obsessed with something in a show and they have like red no. lines and they're like circling like oh I'm putting it all together that would be oh good there's a HuffPo article <laughs> oh my god I'm not surprised. No, that's not what not that like is yeah I was gonna like say styles yeah it's not that it's not that okay let's continue let's continue here so page nineteen we have Cora coming out to her parents yeah this is like Oprah what is like a, the vision exactly. board okay vision, vision board vision board we're very we're all, there's like a solid twenty minutes of this podcast we're very on topic and serious okay we're <laughs> page. page Page 19 here, we're, um, Cora. No one listens for the topic. Uh, yeah, check, comment, do you listen for the topic or for the nonsense? Comment that, okay. Um, like that, uh, meme on Tumblr, where you're just laughing along with the billboard. Yeah, 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 that's exactly, yeah, that's what people are right now. All right, continue, so, Like, vision though, boards have the guy with the cereal, yeah, okay. Um, is he eating cereal? I think so. On the meme? Okay. Who? No, on the meme. The, the guy, anyway, page 19. Um, so, Cora is coming out to her parents, um, so what do we Tonrak's reaction they're like it's wonderful and then later he's like oh just don't tell anyone um I, I found this to be like a very realistic type of reaction yes like we love you for no matter what but like but don't do anything dumb and if, and if or, I, yeah. I don't know do you feel like, like they were parents. embarrassed by her because I couldn't tell I think it comes from a place of being concerned from Tonrak but I also do think it's like a homophobic response to that be the second thing you say to someone after they come out, I think it comes from a place of uncomfortableness too. You could, it, it, it's going to vary, but um, like I, I don't, I don't like think that Tonrak was like hateful there, but um, it's obviously not a great thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. Hide who you are, Cora. Like, why would you tell someone to hide who you are? Yeah, you should like. I'll support you through the struggles you'll face. Like, and even that's not a good thing to think say. Think about so. the tabloids, Dylan. <laughs> yeah. The also, the she's like the avatar. Rating. What are they going to do? Beat her up? Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Like, who's gonna? Who's gonna? Like. Yeah. That's basically Cora's reaction. To this is. I'll just. What are you gonna yeah. say? I'm not. I don't approve. Okay. Yeah, I, I think so. 
Um, I think the next, uh, the next 20 and 21 are great two pages of, um, Asami being like, uh, uh, like somewhat uncomfortable with what Korra is doing. And Korra's like, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have steamrolled my feelings over you. I shouldn't have been so eager to come out. And Asami's like, it's okay. I'm, I'm excited too. Um, and they're like, uh, we're great. Um, so that's, I, I, th- I just want to keep you to myself. Our love is special and rare, like the spirit world. Yeah, so that's what Asami says. But <laughs> oh yeah, that is. The but line. what we have, it's kind of like the spirit world. It's special and rare. Not everyone is going to see it that that, that way. Which I like the sentiment behind, but it's kind of a. Uh, uh, awkwardly written it's a line. Bogus yeah. line. It's kind of the worst. Nobody says It's that. kind of the worst line of the comic, but it's it's. I don't know. It's during this great scene. I'm willing to <laughs> to overlook this. Uh, also, the spirit world is like a whole world. It isn't rare. Like I don't. Yes, it's rare to people who've never been there, but it's not. You know. Yeah. It's it's. How is that's a good metaphor for love, Dylan? God. How is a place rare that's just always there? Right. Like this. <laughs> it's rare to people who haven't been there. <laughs> Uh, a metaphor a meta- for oh, love. Uh, the Amazon is rare. No, it's yeah, hard yeah. To would get you to. call the Amazon rare? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. It's like I mean, it's hard to get to for about white people who don't live there. Yeah, but I think so. Anyway, it's continue. The, the general point with the seat, <laughs> Brits, uh, that's your job, Brits. You're keeping things on topic, right? Like that's why. <laughs> Uh, vision boards. Vision boards, yeah. So, um, the, the, this, I love the scene because it's like exploring like how people have different feelings about like when in, in like two, two people in a same cycle should have different thoughts about like when to come out and Cora's like over eager. Um, and like we, we didn't get into like in too much depth, but I love that we like got into like I, this is the type of thing I never thought we'd see from, from this comic. Um, and just like Asami's like, yeah, that, that wasn't super. She doesn't say this, but she's like, yeah, not super great, but um, you know, you're great, and I understand your Cora, and um, yeah. So, uh, I j- I just felt I- she knows what she's getting into. <laughs> yeah, dating Cora. I mean, it's a yeah. We, we, we need to explore the pitfalls of of dating Cora. <laughs> Pros and cons. Yeah. A Venn diagram. On a vision board. Yeah. So that's the is that is that what it is? I don't I don't know. That is not. Is, am I am I? Yeah, a, a Venn diagram is. Am I war- am I hot or cold? Am I okay, cold? Noted. Um, mm. So yeah, I just I I, I found that uh, just overall getting into that type of thing <laughs> is <laughs> overall I've uh, found that I found that very true to life. Uh, agree? Disagree? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, I don't have experience yeah, in general. In in people. in theory. Okay. Um, I've never loved anybody or anything. Yeah. Okay. So I can't relate. I think you. I mean, you love like Korosami, right? Um, right, we all love Korosami. I'm I'm filling time as I'm flipping no. pages. Okay, um, so we have. Uh, I'm, I want to note uh, like this 41 section, well, for page 42, where Korra and Asami kind of get into an argument. Um, it's uh, Korra, Asami calls um, Korra inspiring the people not uh, practical, and Korra gets upset over that. Um, and they kind of go their different ways to handle this, uh, this displaced people thing differently. Um, but that, so I, I think that I felt like that that was kind of a, a very realistic disagreement to get for them to get into, considering Asami's like an engineer very in the, like in the weeds. Uh, and, and, and Korra is, is a very, like the most high level broad position you can have in this world. Um, I think this is like a very realistic type of conflict for the two. Um, so I, I think like the conflict's realistic. It didn't seem shoehorned into me. And then they resolve it very quickly. They're like, um, okay, let's work together on this, uh, this, this, this diagram a few pages later. So like, I love that we saw some sort of like growing between the two of them, some sort of conflict that wasn't, uh, like too shoehorned or, um, overdone. Being the avatar probably really sucks. Isn't that the whole point of both of these shows? Yeah. 
If I was the avatar, just I wouldn't. I wouldn't be. You'd be that. You'd be the water avatar from like uh, the Roku. Kirk. I don't, oh yeah, Kirk. the one. Yeah, the who, Kirk. Like, yeah, they go surfing. Yeah, surfing yeah, that'd be her. Sam. Okay. Yeah, uh, that would be me. Yeah, so I, I appreciate that. Um, then we had not not Kirk, but uh, the thing I was talking about before, and then we we talked about Paige. Uh, the the Kaya scenes, those were great. Page fifty three. Asami says, "Beautiful sunset." Cora says, "Looking at her, it is." Oh, okay. uh, so original. What is that? It's called a cliche. It is. Uh, it is. Yeah. People in love. Yeah. Nobody. What? No. Nobody says that. Nobody does that. <laughs> I don't think that's what people said. Yeah. And people don't. And then at page seventy three, we okay. have um, Cora and Asami kissing for the second time after Cora saves Asami, and then um, we see the reactions to, that everyone has to it. Uh, Bolin's like, "You guys are a couple." Opal's like, oh. "Janora's like, yay!" And then um, Maka's like, uh, "Uh." So those are my impressions of how everyone reacts to it. Why can't Cora just give Asami room to breathe? I mean, she just like passed out. The girl needs to breathe. She doesn't need your lips on her. She needs to breathe. It did. <laughs> it did seem kind of sudden. Yeah, I, it was great. It was great though. Nobody needs that. Don't kiss me if I just passed that. Asami seemed to enjoy it. Sam is what I'll say. Okay. Well, that half baked attempt at CPR not going to work. <laughs> I don't think this was the CPR. You, you got. You got to. You no, got to fool me. I don't more. think. I, I, yeah. right, have, do you have, Do you have thoughts yeah. on their second kiss in the climax at the end? It's nice. Okay, good thoughts. Um, Melody. You don't, you don't think she needs breathing room after she That's, just passed out? Okay, logistics don't matter in these things. Yeah. Like, there's more time between panels than it seems like. That's what that's. Uh, we're game. Whatever. It was actually a whole day. Yeah, we're Game of Thrones in this, where nothing is in proper timeline. They're mermen. They're all mermen. <laughs> Varys is a merman. Is who is a merman here? The okay, greatest. So, okay. okay, well, <laughs> that reference I, I can contribute. But to. now everyone that a reference merman, I contribute. So. Okay, so yeah, those are the course I'm I loved. I love all of that. Um, and I love the types of things we got into. Um, so yeah, just so so meaningful, so in depth. I don't know. Any, any before we get into the other unimportant parts of the comment comic, any any final course on me or uh, LGBT in this comic thoughts? No. Mm-hmm. Love the gaze. Okay, done. done. Um, if it comes up, you can say it later. <laughs> I want to thank God. And yeah, that's what that was. Um, <laughs> Gonna give the gays everything they want. Okay, so I mean, basically, that was Turf Wars part. That's Turf Wars part one summary. I'd say. Well, not everything, but you know, mostly everything. We're, we're, uh, real talk. No, was there anything that you would have wanted that we didn't see here? Um, they didn't bang. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> a very eloquent way to say what I was just thinking. Really? Okay. Two, two for that. Do you think that they did in the spirit world? Okay, but how does oh, that yeah, they work say in w- a graphic novel? Like, I can see it. Have they you ever read Saga? They say, yes, they, like, say how is, they, they say, how was the vacation? It was spirity. I forgot that to mention that part. I think that's code for what we're talking about. So they probably had sex. Oh my god. This is a PG, the PG podcast. Um, no, sir, uh, other than that, yeah. So I think... I've, you can if it comes up you can interrupt they could at least have done something they like had that one scene in the chat with Suka and Sokka yeah in the yeah. road oh yeah no when one, yeah. 100% Sokka and Suki were gonna bang true yeah well Precedent. the Korra and Asami are two consenting adults they're in their 20s they can have sex okay again PG podcast but um I'll let it fly okay well sex is not a shameful thing Dylan I'm sorry the thing we talked about earlier about how that being culturally unacceptable violence culturally acceptable for rating systems exactly, exactly. okay um so the other stuff in the comic I like how I was like we'll spend like 20 minutes on course on me is like an hour okay um so the 
the plot of this comic involves triads. Mel presented the anti-triad. Brit, you said you were fine with the triads? Yes. Okay. It's, it's fine. I think it was fine. I like. I don't know why this is the thing we're choosing to bring back here. I'm not like anti triad. I just don't care. Oh, I'm anti triad. I would say that, but I think it was d- fine. It was uh, it was fine. Like the way it's presented. I, but I agree. It's like this thing didn't super work in book one. Why is this what we're bringing back for the plot? But I guess there's nothing else to do in Republic City. What if they threw in pro bending again? Oh, I would <laughs> love that. <laughs> would you how would that translate into graphic novels why have we not seen pro bending sam you just blew my mind why is there not a pro bending sound <laughs> spin-off pro bending comic um they're oh making like a tabletop pro bending game i think and i'm like why is uh, anyone buying that, that. Anyway, um they announced dylan you're gonna buy it <sighs> then yeah nah, probably yeah yeah okay um so yep so yeah the triad stuff uh let's go through the new characters um Britt, what do you think of Tokuga, the new villain, the new leader of the Triple That Triads? He's a chi, a chi blocker. He looks like fun. I hope he's related to Ty Lee, but he's not. Mm, mm. What if he was Ty Lee's he son? Yeah. Pizza- mm. uh, I would be so happy, but he's not. Okay? My, my dreams don't come true like that. If what if okay. he's Ty Lee and Sokka's son? No. Do not. Do not. Let that me doesn't happen. Sokka just uh, Toph and Ty Lee and yeah, all of them. So I guess I'd be too old. He could be their grandson. Oh, yeah, yeah right. I don't think they just work, but um, they just anyway, work. Anyways, it doesn't do you matter. Like He's okay. fine. Uh, Mel- he has to be developed more. They made him like. <sighs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. They make him a yeah. <laughs> character. Oh, I'm so bad with names. What, who are you talking? I don't know. They made him a lot like Ang Ang Cora. Yeah, personality. Mommy Malik. No, he's just Mr. seems kind of like a villain we've seen before in Avatar. Okay, noted. Personality yeah, it's kind of like a generic villain type. Um, Mel, any Tokuga thoughts? I have zero. Sam, honestly. Sam, any Tokuga thoughts? <laughs> Uh, he's a tentacle monster, so there's that. Cthulhu! <laughs> so in the last panel, yeah, the thing after he becomes the bird, it seems like he is the kinda tentacle weird. arm, yeah. He's kind of cute, Ooh. and just a little squishy. Like, the tentacle no. arm or him as a person? Never mind. <laughs> like, what were you? You said squishy. I thought you knew, I knew what you were saying, then you said squishy, so I was like, what's going on? Okay. Um, yeah, so he he becomes like this. He did look squishy, yeah, yes. Yeah, with it, yeah. He becomes like a spirit bird at the end. Um, interest- kind of weird. so pissed. Why were you pissed? I said, I oh, you would be so pissed. Aren't you, aren't you like a cool, like hybrid? I don't know. Um, he was not happy, yeah. So he goes to take over Kaom Industries. Um, it's, it's. I think it's a cool concept, but I don't like. We, I don't know. It just, it's kind of an underwhelming ending. It's like, okay, I don't care about this guy, and don't see the point of what's happening with this. So it's supposed it's like, to be edgy, and neat, and yeah. I don't know. It's like the oh, cliffhanger man. from uh, Welcome to Republic City with Amon when he's just like sitting in his underground bunker with the radio. Mm, we were all kind of like, eh. yeah, I think it's, I the, yeah, it, and, and I'd say underwhelming is also only part one, so we can't judge yet. So we'll have to see in part two how he's handled. Maybe he'll be cool. Maybe he'll have a neat backstory. Uh, maybe his character will be interesting and do something neat other than being smart and cold and calculating. Yeah, maybe, but maybe he'll. Be commandeering and we'll root for him, but also hate him. Yeah. Maybe he'll just okay, be fun are... to watch be crazy like Azula. Oh, wow. These are a lot of possibilities. Yeah. You enumerated all the possibilities. <laughs> so one of those things. 
Uh, Britt, what are your thoughts on Wen Yan? Do, do you know who he is? Pop quiz, do you know who Wen Yan is? I okay. don't. <laughs> he's, he's, what does he look he's, like? I don't, what does I don't. he he's, do? He's, he's, he's Raiko's campaign yeah. manager. He's... Oh, yeah. I liked him. That was fun. I liked his that little dynamic. I was like, <laughs> uh, I know you're on the nose, but I'm still laughing. Yeah, I agree. I'm the nose character, but he he did. He was only on a few pages, but he kind of stood out more than these other guys. Um, and we have Wan Yang Keum. He wants to uh, go into the, send tourists to the spirit world. He's uh, the leader of the Keum Industries. Um, Capitalize the spirits. Yeah. Yep. That's what he wants to do. Not good. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. So I don't know. Somehow I don't think the spirits will be up for that. They'll be like, um, yeah, they seem not, not to be up for that. They fought for, yeah, they were, I think, actively opposed here. Um, yeah, this. I mean, I say just let them go at it and then let the spirits like kill them off and then be like, well, we told you not to do that and you did. So, yeah. so have fun with that. Uh, the spirits here, led by uh, Spirit One, I, I believe the name is from uh, the that episode of Book Four. Um, He's uh beyond the beyond wilds, the wilds yeah, so as we figured out before. So it's um yeah, so there's a return with this this the spirit here. I guess he's the only notable spirit we can bring into lead. I don't know. He's cool design, I guess. What, what about the lemur guy? He was notable in book two. The lemur guy. Oh yeah, that one lemur guy. Yeah, the guy. Oh, I know, like the dude stinky. from like Avatar yeah, one. Yeah, well, he's old. That's all long time ago, but. Well, he, he can still be alive. Number one. Our, he's a spirit. Our spirit's Dylan, immortal. immortal. That's our next topic. Um, no, but yeah. Probably. So those are the those are the new characters. Let's talk about how um all of the uh other characters, not Koran Asami, were used in this Mako and Bolin. Bolin is now a cop alongside Mako on a triad task force. Um I think it's dumb they made him a cop. Did did you uh you so you didn't like that? Why? Like it's nothing to do with Mago's personality, and I think he's going to end up like not liking it. Uh, with Bo- Bolin's like, personality, yeah, that's possible. Um, Sam thoughts. So- it's like I used to say. It's like I used to say back in the day. We could have had it all. Bolin and the deep. Related to this topic. Because <laughs> they're just putting his character on the side. Um, yeah, he's just like we need to give him something to do. We'll stick him with Mako. I, I like that this comic develops the Mako and Bolin. Uh, brotherhood like I, that, that's what i that's what i like about it um i i wish bolin was somebody else that he isn't uh, elaborate hmm. on that thought i don't know i feel like he could have had like some real like depth and growth yeah. well maybe we'll... and like i guess i guess in some respects maybe book four he did but like it just he could have been so much better could have been could have had it all okay um so yeah it's uh yep. <laughs> so i love the moment between mako and bolin in the climax where um like uh bolin i think does something good and mako's like yeah thanks partner so he like uh he like recognizes him as his uh cop partner i think it was a great moment in the climax of the of the thing um i think both of them are fine mako's like uh dealing with his reaction to Korosama, like you guys are dating each other what um uh-huh. yeah I turned both my girlfriends. Yeah. Gay. Oh, you turned both. Oh, <laughs> Number five. Yeah. You 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 have the gay now. Oh, damn it! I gave them the gay. gay. That's what he's uh, he's processing. He's still processing. Okay. Um. It's gonna be like another like four months before he like wraps his head around. Yeah, he won't. He would next. <laughs> he's like Ross with his like ex wife becoming. Oh a lesbian. my god! He would not let go of the fact that his ex wife was a lesbian. 
That's who Maka What are you talking about? Okay. Uh, Ross from Friends. Friends. Okay. So I don't no, understand Ross. Friends references Ross, either. His wife, um, his wife, the, he, they get a divorce because his wife realizes she's gay and he, it. like, I mean, cannot fathom it. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you be gay if you dated Ross? Yeah, I think I would hate myself, but yes. I would never get in that situation. Look, yeah, exactly, because I'm gay already. I understand none of this. Um, Two-toed, two-toed pink. Dylan, have you? I, my impression of <laughs> Friends is that it's just incredibly straight and white, so I'm not interested. But Yeah, um, that's my impression, yes. Two-toed pink uh, is back. I was excited to see him back from book two, oh, of, Co- book two of Cora him. back. Uh, he's, I think oh, he's funny. Okay. I think he was a good return choice. How can he walk with only two toes? Don't you need those for, like, balance? I feel like... You can learn to walk without them. Might have addressed this. Mm. I don't know. Um, Does he actually have two toes, or is it because he had two extra toes? Oh yeah, it two is, extra right? toes. Yeah, we got to watch the uh, that episode six of book two for that again. Because um, there's already like a six-toed or seven-toed ping or whatever. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> oh yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Remember, uh, it's all co- twelve-toed ping. Book, book over on the south side. Yeah, book two of Cora, all coming back to us now. <laughs> uh, interesting. At the time um other characters uh janora i think was uh, i was i was satisfied with the amount of janora here we she talked a lot in the beginning she's kind of representing airbenders um she's she's cool i like that she's a rebel yeah that's that's a good look it's bring a, on rebel janora, yeah, rebel janora in there. give her some black eyeliner and like a punk rock haircut let's go oh dylan remember that headcanon i had like a couple years ago where uh janora Cora was janora's like first like yeah gosh. i i, I, I did <sighs> yeah. that headcanon yeah yeah Remember that? that she, and she's she was very uh, the most emotive about uh, learning Cora and Asami are dating. She's like, oh, there's like a few panels left. That's so great. She is a child who's going to be reading this, getting hope for the yeah, future. Yeah, Jinora is one of these children that uh, we're talking about exactly. So she needs the representation. Yeah, Jinora is reading this comic and his representation. Um, we get. Uh, I was not not Opal doesn't do much. She had one line in the beginning. Let's not even clear that's her line. And then at the end, she's like, uh, no pressure on that double date. So not a lot of or Opal there. Um, nope. Yeah, but well, hopefully in later comics more Opal. Um, Tenzin had a moment with Korra. That was nice. Uh, Lin. Um, so Lynn was like the representative representative of the cops here. Um, she didn't do that much other than that, but it seems like we're potentially going to find see more Lynn eventually. Um, more Lynn, more Delaney. Lynn. Yeah, because she's dating Kaya. Yeah, Delaney, who couldn't be with us, says, uh, "Not enough Lynn. Where's my Lynn and Kaya?" Um, uh, also, Delaney's overall summary is basically it's gay and they kiss, and Kaya's great, and the plot is meh. Um, so. That's Delaney's su- the summary of what of what Delaney said about the comic. Um, and uh, what other characters are there? Uh, no Boomy at all. Um, Kai Kai Me. has one line, um, but yeah, doesn't really do Me. anything. Uh, Raiko Raiko's there. Yeah, I like re- the use of Raiko. Looks here. good shirtless. You like the right ra- the Raiko yep. poster? You're a fan. Yeah. I guess I love yeah. a good poster. Oops. Yeah. Um, I don't know what other characters are. I'd bang in. Wait, what? Elaborate. No, check it. Um, so Julie, Julie, yeah, a lot of Julie here. Julie, that was great. I love her. Yeah, President Julie. No Varric at all. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, Varric's dead. Yeah, it seems like the plot of one of the upcoming part two or three. I don't remember is that Julie's going to run against Draco. So that's she killed Varric. Killed Varric. Yeah, canon. I mean, why is he not there? They're married now, so. 
because he's dead. Didn't did she did she did she kill Varric? <laughs> it's it's not clear. No, um, no, she didn't. Obviously not. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yes, yeah, she did. <laughs> did not. Did not. It happened. No. Um, and, and you know, as Corn and Samir were walking into the spirit world, there you saw at the very edge. Yeah, if you pause it at the right time, you can see that the uh, just cold blooded murder <laughs> happening. Yeah. Julia dropped her. Yeah. Uh, is he dead or is that like they, he's just now he's her just, housewife? He just, I don't know. I guess he, he just wasn't in this for some reason. He's it dead. Was interesting. Um, we had <laughs> Nagu and Pabu. Naga and Pabu dead. Good. Jesus. Yeah, Naga and Pabu not in this at all. Yeah. Um, why wouldn't you take Naga and I don't, yeah, I don't know why Naga is, to yeah. hang out? How did we get here? We're talking about all the other characters. This is actually on topic. We're talking about all the other characters. Yeah. 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 Sam just. I, I had an actual oh, question. Why didn't she take Naga? I would have liked to have seen Naga. Uh, Naga would have been a uh, distraction from the action. I guess, yeah, a distraction from. Kaya's I mean, um, yep. and of course, a big okay. feature for Kaya. Um, one of my, I'm randomly going through last things. One of my, one of my favorite panels, page forty-four. We have like these random shots of people asking Cora for things, and there's this one little girl who's like, "Koki lost her eye. Can you find it?" When she's like a bison, a bison plush. Um, Go find it. <laughs> Love it. Button. Yeah. So I, I like that. Have, uh, I like that they have bison plushes also in the, uh, the Avatar. <laughs> I'm just glad they have plushies. It's name's Avatar. It's name's Avatar, yeah. No one understands that. I like how we call it a plushie instead of a stuffed animal. No, that's plushies cuter. That's just what Dylan I think, does. I think the, I mean, it's plush, plushy, stuffed animal, whatever. Um, All right, well, you, you do uh, you. I think. Dylan's extra. Um, extra, okay. Um, and. Firebend my teeth. It's other. Yeah, yeah, she says that. Yeah. Um, other notable things, I found the uh, the climax um, way more engaging than any of their action sequences from the Avatar comics because I was like, I like the use of characters we knew, and um, I was invested in what they were doing. Um, I also, I also yes. like the theme of spirits versus humans and continuing this on. The spirits yes. being. Um, uh, like not liking the encroachment upon potentially upon the spirit world or the portal. I, Would that be man versus man, Mel, or man versus nature? I think it's like a man versus nature plot. The spirit yeah. world? That's going to be spirit world. Or that's going to yeah. be nature. <laughs> yeah, I think we talked about this potentially during like Avatar. <laughs> should make a whole new category, man versus spirit world. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, Go back and revise his writing text. And I love that we saw the ramifications of the spirit portal being in Republic City. Um, I didn't know why we had to have it there. It seems random and inconsequential, but like it's a this this comic treated as legitimate, and like we actually saw a realistic representation of what would happen given that it just appears there. So I I I I like that. The whole conflict just seems kind of dumb. Like the spirits don't want it open. Why doesn't Cora just? Yeah, Cora seems to... the humans don't really want it open either. Why does she just close? Because Cora wants to do what Cora wants to do, and no one in history has ever she's... stopped Cora from doing what Cora wants to do. Yeah, <laughs> I think she'll end up closing it and maybe opening another one somewhere else. She's only going to close it when she wants to close it. <laughs> yeah, she will not be bullied into doing it. Yeah, yeah. Screw what you guys it's, it's... want. I think. That you'll get along better if it's open. That's, yeah, that's and literally that's literally can... what Cora says. Yeah, I think it's definitely notable that she just, despite what the spirits say, she just wants to keep it open. I think we're going to expand upon that more. She like she's like treating the bridge part of the Avatar job seriously. She wants to like be be proactive and actively try to reconcile the spirits and the humans. Uh, it's something that wasn't really explored that much in this comic that I'd like to see Cora's motivations get into more in part two and three. Cora, sweetheart, I don't think. 
that of all the avatars, you are the one to just integrate the spirits back. I don't think you can handle it. Really? You don't think she can? No. I think it's going to take her like 20 years, but she'll get there. Yeah. But like a lot of people are probably going to die. But she's... No, they're not. She's the only person stubborn enough to put up with both of their idiocracies. Anyway. Okay. Like, if you did this to me, I would get tired like 15 minutes ago and been like, all right, I'm closing this. Shut up. I don't have time for this. Yeah. But Cora's like, no, I'm going to close it when I feel like it. And that's it. Because she's stubborn. It all works out. You have pros and cons to every. Everything. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. That's what makes Cora a good avatar. We literally had a whole yeah, show. Yeah, we didn't get into this. the core of good avatar, bad avatar with can of worms here. But um, yeah. Also, also, Iki doesn't do that much. She's the like one line Milo. She's there. She's, she's there in the in the tent scene. Um, Milo's there. Um, he says Pokey. Milo is Pokey there. for president. That's what he, Milo says. So, um, oh, who are these children? Yeah. So they're there. Okay. Um, let's wrap this up. We're the children were cute. I oh my god. <laughs> Mel woke up when I said let's wrap this up. Uh, we're running along here. Yeah. So give me your final thoughts on Turf Wars Part One, Mel. Um. Okay, as a graphic novel story, be gay, which is good. All the above things that I said previous to this. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Good. Good final thoughts. Uh, Mel's final thoughts. Please see my previous thoughts. Okay. Um, <laughs> Britt, what are your last thoughts on Terror Force Part 1? Is that it? Is that it? Okay, interesting. Uh, Sam, the bar is low. What were your thoughts here on Terror Force Part 1? Kind of dumb and gay, which is a good descriptor for myself. Sam relates to the comic. I I really... Okay, I figured it out. It did really well as, like... A fan fiction like gay cutesiness but like plot wise anything that happened was kind of like eh? where are you going with this you're just having character development but nothing's really happening yeah it doesn't like, really there's, feel no, like, that... there's no like forward momentum that we actually care about it feels a lot like the promise which was the first avatar comic and like eh. i mean i still maintain that the uh this no the promise wasn't good the search was good um but uh yeah i I hear bad. I hear all of these complaints. I agree with a lot of them. Um, this is this is this is better than the promise. Yeah. So. I agree with a lot of them. I'll I'm say I'm extremely extremely happy with Turf Wars Part One. Again, I don't care about any of these things. Not that you're wrong for caring about the problems. I just pers- I just like we got like everything I ever wanted from Korosami and um, LGBT portrayal in the Avatar world. So I'm ex- so you're just like shipping and then done. Okay. I mean, yeah, I think that's the summary of Turf Wars Part 1. Yep. Yep. That's so. the point. This that's is not why bad. it this exists. Not bad. This was not a complaint. This yeah, not so, a complaint. Um, yeah I, I was, you know, I definitely, there are things wrong with it, but I was incredibly happy and very much look forward to Turf Wars Part 2. So, January. That's when that's coming out. January. Yeah, so fun. Long, long time ago. So, let us know what you thought of this discussion in the comments. Use the hashtag vision board to discuss our uh, this this episode. Um, Make your own vision board for where you can want I give, can I, Turf Wars Part 2 to be and post it on my, Tumblr and tag me My final me in guess... It. And I will, I will review it. Oh, my geez. final guess of a vision board would be a collage? 
Sort of. Oh my god! You're okay, got it. There we go. That's that kind of a general guess, um, but yeah. So uh, let us know what you thought of this uh, from the Spirit World Union. You can check out all of our previous from the Spirit World podcast. Um, remember, again, that archival link was overlandmated.com slash ftsw slash feed. Um, also, no Dylan prepuberty. Oh, no, no, thank you. Um, yeah, yeah, find everything <laughs> overlyanimated.com. We cover a bunch of animated shows. You can find all that there. And consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash overlyanimated. Thank you very much to all of our patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Connie, a.k.a. Veronica, Veronica Kukumunga. And thanks, as, uh, and thanks as always to our patron executive producers, John, Ryan, Steve, Alex, and Andy. Um, thank you, uh, Mel, uh, Britt, and Sam for sitting through this extended podcast. Don't laugh before you say my name. You're going to laugh? You're welcome. Mel. Mel? I, I didn't love laugh. I spending time before. with my friends. You don't laugh before I say your name. Elaborate. No. Um, I wasn't trying. I wasn't laughing. Um, <laughs> but I love spending time with my friends. Uh, okay. But yeah, thanks for listening, guys. I love spending time with um, my friends. Let us know what you thought, and we will see you next time. Bye. Toodles. Oh, bye. Bye.